the beautiful thing about SMS is it is a one-on-one conversation. It's a communication that can become a conversation. They will reply more to a text message than you will get a reply in your marketing email. So it's something that anybody that's going to try some SMS may want to make sure that they have somebody uh, actually monitoring it so that you can respond quickly. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now... Here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm, Elevate IQ. How many people here like to receive promotions in SMS? Not many, right? And yet, Gartner predicts that by 2025, 80% of customer service organizations will be using SMS in messaging rather than native apps. SMS could be used for promo, remarketing, order confirmations, and dispatch notifications. SMS is also not as intrusive as other forms of communication such as email and phone. In addition, SMS forces you to limit your message and get your message across in fewer characters. This also helps customers as they can quickly glance through hundreds of messages without feeling that they are being distracted by lengthy and unnecessary emails. But is it relevant for every business and situation? Also, what are the tools that can help you automate workflows just like emails? In today's episode, we invited a panel of cross-functional experts for a live interview on LinkedIn who brings significant expertise to discuss SMS marketing. We discussed various use cases for SMS and where it will be fit and where it will not be fit, along with pull versus push marketing strategies. Finally, we discussed SMS strategies for B2B versus B2C and concepts such as caller ID, phishing, links embedded in SMS messages, and the unsubscribe mechanism. With that, Let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you are joining for the first time, this is part of our e-commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We pick one topic related to e-commerce, and we always have a very exciting panel that is willing to share their insights and wisdom. For today, we have a very interesting topic. When you think of the text messages or the SMS messages, I don't know how many people can really relate if you can really form marketing strategies around that. But in the e-commerce space, the text could be extremely powerful if you utilize it well. There are companies that are utilizing it well, depending upon how deep they want to go. Obviously, there are a lot of different tools in the market that are available to capitalize on the text marketing. So we are going to talk all of that. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intro. I'm actually going to start with my intro. If you don't know me, I am Sam Gupta, and I am principal at Elevate IQ. I have been in the ERP and digital transformation space for 20 years, 
And obviously, the marketing is always going to be the driver for most of our engagements. And when it comes to SMS marketing, it could be far more technical than you would think. And then you need all the pieces that you are going to require to enable the SMS marketing. As part of Elevate IQ, our focus is into the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting. Uh, we help our clients with the business process reengineering, system uh, procurement, system selection, business architecture, enterprise architecture, as well as ERP. On that note, I am going to move to Dave for his intro. Hey, Sam, and hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And BusyWeb, my company, is uh, a marketing automation and lead closing company for manufacturers. So what we do is we drive demand and then we help you convert that demand via CRM and via marketing automation and all of the things that go into driving traffic, search engine optimization and advertising and all of those things. So if you need help getting there for the past 23 years, we've been working on that and uh, we're based out of Minneapolis. Thanks, Sam. Thank you so much for being here, Dave. It's going to be so much fun discussing all of those use cases for SMS and text. Chris, can I ask you to introduce yourself next? Yes, of course. Hello, everyone. Chris Harrington, president of Gen Alpha Technologies. Uh, we are a digital commerce company for manufacturers, really original equipment manufacturers, specialty vehicle manufacturers, and aftermarket organizations. So we love partnering with manufacturing companies to help them sell their products online. Always great to be here on Wednesday. And okay. it looks like we're the team from the north because I'm located in just outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So we've got Minneapolis, Wisconsin, Canada. We're all present here in the north. Right. Represent. Yep. Yep. So right. And those equipment dealers right now must, must be scratching their head. Okay. What are we doing with text and SMS? <laughs> in the manufacturing, in the B2B, and in the dealer space. So we are going to have a lot of fun talking, talking about that, how they might be able to capitalize on this. If you are if you are in the audience joining for the first time, make sure you guys are going to be posting your questions in the comment box because we are going to be looking at all of your questions. We'll try our best to respond to you during the show. If you cannot get back to them, then our panelists are going to make sure that you are going to receive the responses. So make sure you are going to be commenting. Now, I am going to start with the first question with Dave, and that is going to be really the use cases. I don't know, and we were talking about this in the pre-show as well. Not a lot of people think of SMS and text mm -hmm. as the marketing tool, but in my experience, when I have seen companies utilizing it really well, because we all know how our attention span, I mean, it's really, really low at this point of time. I mean, right. I don't really like emails. I would rather have text, to be honest. And sometimes I don't mind very short texts. And I have done business over text, to be honest, personally. Mm -hmm. So I don't think SMS is being utilized as effectively as it could. So let's talk about the use cases, Dave. What mm -hmm. have you seen in your experience, uh, different use cases in the e-commerce space? I think the biggest, funnest part about SMS for connecting on a business level to your best audiences is the fact that you can deliver it exactly when you need to. And just like you said, Sam, sending yeah. out an SMS or a text message or an MMS or an iMessage or whatever it winds up being is a way to get to your audience in a push format. Okay. So it goes to them, they get a buzzes on their phone, it pops up. People are conditioned to 
you know, kind of tune out email and sometimes deservedly so. And the next best audience, the next best market is that SMS. But with great opportunity comes great responsibility. Yes. So if you're sending out an email and it's not exactly on target or it's if it's a little bit too broad or if it doesn't exactly meet what that customer is expecting, they're more likely to cut you a little grace. They're just going to delete that email. No, no harm, no foul. If you send them a text and it wakes them up at three in the morning and it's about some spam that they don't want, you're not going to get another chance to get back to them. It is, however, the way people are expecting text. More than 60% of all purchases online are made using mobile devices. Mobile devices are optimized, of course, for MMS and SMS. And so if you have that capability to push something out to a device that's always with you, that's always with your customer, you have a much better opportunity. So there's immediate response. So if you have something, you know, let's let's go all the way out to the most obvious ones. You, know, you can get a text message when your order is ready or when something's coming up and when a delivery is ready for, for production. You can get messaging when people are available or interact with people kind of on their terms. I don't know. Yeah. All of us are under 30 on this call, Sam. But, uh, you know, for all of us that are under 30, we really don't like to be called anymore. As a matter of fact, uh, my daughter, who is 15, has uh, informed me that the rudest thing that one of us oldies can do is call without texting first to check in. I was like, hey, is it okay if I call you, right? So it's just kind of the way that we do business. And even Google is, is recognizing that. And if you use your Google business profile, which a lot of businesses haven't claimed yet, I'm a speaker for Google. And one of the things that we train folks on is 80% of businesses still haven't claimed their free business profile to show up correctly on Google search and Google maps. And Google has an SMS tool built right in so that you can text, that you can message that company and it pops right up on the business owner's phone, but they don't need to share the number when they reply. It just comes back as, you know, in my case, BusyWeb uh, or Gen Alpha or Elevate IQ is responding to your message. And you can just text back and forth with people without having to pick up the phone. And that's really kind of what people are expecting now. So it's just the way of the future and you have to be ready. But again, if you're going to push a notification to someone, you need to make sure that you're respecting what you do. Don't spam them. And that's the quickest way to really upset somebody is to send them a whole bunch of crap that they don't want. Yeah, could not agree more. And I am going to have to agree with your daughter that, you know, if you're not texting, you know, I have also developed that. I mean, I grew up in, in an environment where people could call whenever they wanted, but not, mm-hmm. not today. I mean, we all are extremely mm-hmm. busy. And if somebody's going to call me without texting me, uh, you know, I, I just don't feel comfortable anymore. Now, one of the key insights that you really provided, I wasn't aware that Google actually provide that SMS mm-hmm. tool for yeah. free. In fact, I'm, I was actually going to have a follow-up question related to that. Sure. And that was going to be that, you know, when we think of SMS, I have tried to utilize sort of SMS as part of our marketing strategy as well. And one of the challenges that we always have with SMS is that's going to be paid. As opposed to email, in case of email, the only thing you are really paying for is going for tool. But let's say if you are doing SMS, even if you are paying 10 cents, uh, you know, if you are sending, let's say, 10,000 SMS, that could be a decent amount of money. Uh, especially if you have to send a lot, if you are targeting for something, 
where you know you need that on a daily basis so now if this is for free so number one do you see that as a barrier when you think of sms being paid i don't know if there are any free services that could be replacement for the email but you know sms actually serves a very different purpose so what has been your experience in terms of paid versus free and uh, obviously google has free service here yeah so the the google one is absolutely free but it's not really that automated so what you do have the capability to do inside of google's uh, or the google business profile messaging yeah. service is when someone sends you a request like you can have a, a pre-selected menu of options it'll message the business and it'll actually auto respond saying thank you for your interest here's a couple of things you might need to know you know our call volume is 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 high or whatever that is and you can customize it so there's an automated response there and then it's up to the business owner to reply and if you don't reply within 24 hours google will turn the service off on you so you have to be ready and willing to take that message. So Google stuff is free on that side. But when you're starting to talk about mass messaging, that's when it gets into the paid versions. Yeah. And if you have things that are going to tie into your CRM or your ERP to let people know your order's on the way or alert them to different stages in the process, and certainly doing marketing is going to be a paid service. And there's tens of hundreds of service providers in the SMS space. Yeah. And right now it's kind of the wild, wild west. So you have to find something that first integrates with the tools that you use. Yeah. Um, there's like seven great partners that, that integrate with my favorite tool, HubSpot. But there's all kinds of others that tie into, you know, insert your ERP or insert your CRM here. So um, that would probably be a great space to start is to search for your exact tool and find something that integrates and then try it out and then see what happens. Okay, very, very interesting insights here. I'm probably going to have one more follow-up question for you, sure. Dave, uh, especially since you mentioned the comment related to push. Uh, I know people sort of understand what push versus pull means, but, I mean, I'm pretty sure they can use uh, some insights here. You know, what do you mean by when you say push? Yeah, so push, me push messaging is something that's delivered without an explicit request. So a pull message is something where you click a contact us form or you click something and you're asking for a response back. A push is generated without interacting with that company and instead it goes to you without an implicit request. So that's kind of what the balance is on that. And there are different levers that go into that. Um, in general, you there's, there's not as many, and because most of these are paid, there's not as many um, barriers or um, legislation to go into the SMS messaging because companies have to pay for it in order to deliver it. So it's less likely that a company is going to mass message tens of thousands or tens of millions of people like they can with email. So can spam act doesn't really apply the, the Canadian one. Um, and the, why am I blanking on, on what it's a uh, castle? Yes. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, so so that that doesn't necessarily apply to MMS or SMS messaging. Yeah, but you know it's it's still something that you want to be careful of. You always need to include the ability to unsubscribe or at least to reply stop in order to opt out of that messaging. And it's just good business first, but also you have to make sure, especially if you're delivering push, which is something without the request that you're giving people a way to opt out. Okay, amazing insights there. My question to you is going to be, 
really understanding the use cases and obviously you are in a very 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 base i don't know if you have seen the sms being used but i can see honestly speaking if i were the equipment dealer i would be utilizing sms to death because to be honest i mean you can you can literally do a lot of things especially when it comes to improvising the communication and we all know that when especially when the organizations that are going to be in the field service space meaning you are in the field the only thing you have is phone okay you don't have anything else with you so you can you can communicate a lot so have you really seen sms being used as the marketing tool in your space uh, and what are the use cases that you have seen yeah all really good questions today and i have to be so transparent to say that I, you know, prior to us having this call or, you know, this panel, I wasn't aware of anybody that we're doing business with that's using SMS in conjunction with their e-commerce platform. And since this is focused on e-commerce, I, I wanted to just really understand if I, you know, if anybody that we do business with is actually doing that. So I had to do a lot of research myself, which is always a, a fun part of this whole thing. But I think there's a natural reluctance, right? I mean, even I have a little bit of reluctance when it comes to text messaging in a marketing space, right? So I have a ton of confidence on the sales side when our own salespeople are text messaging our customers, or even if in that field service relationship, uh, somebody were text messaging a maintenance manager and together they are... Um, you know, talking about something related to a piece of equipment. I think the beautiful thing about SMS is it is a one-on-one -on -one, uh, conversation. It's a yeah. communication that can become a conversation. People will often, at least in the data that I've seen now, they will reply more to a text message than you will get a reply in your marketing email. So it's something that uh, you know, anybody that's going to try some SMS may want to make sure that they have somebody uh, actually uh, monitoring it so that you can respond quickly because that's kind of what they'll do, especially for those that aren't used to getting SMS messages from a company, right? So I think uh, maybe to help some people overcome their reluctance, similar to what I did, let me just read some stats here that I thought were really interesting. So 81% of the American population are texters, so roughly 259 million people. Over 97% of all smartphones use, you know, have text messages, and the average uh, text per day by age group. So if you're 35 to 44, you're getting 52 per day on average. If you're 45 to 54, which is in my group, that's 33 per day. And then 55 plus 16 per day. So that I thought that was interesting. Then you get into open rates. Now, this data is a little old, two years old. There might be something more recent. But texts have a 99% open rate. So if you think about emails are about a 20% open rate. If you're doing well, you know, the, on average, 20% is kind of what you find out. So one in five emails are being opened, right? So for all of us that are marketing through email, but in a text message, a 99% open rate, that's huge. 45% of texts have a receive a response. Um, so there's a fast velocity if you think about that. And then 95% of texts are read within three minutes. That's a Forbes quote. So 
read within three minutes. So that that goes back to some of the things that Dave was saying uh, earlier. Excuse me. So text is 10 times quicker than a phone call. So, I mean, if we think about these stats, we have to start thinking about how can I use this in my business? And that's where I think we have to start to really think about relevancy, because I know in, in the market that I'm in, and even for me, as I'm receiving text messages, if I think about the value that I get where I really appreciate a text message, think about when you're at the airport and there's a delay or something that happens to your flight, right? I mean, that's powerful. It's given to you when you need it. It's coming right to your phone. A business is now that's not quite an e-commerce text message. But going back to, again, something Dave said earlier, what if it's a notification of a product that's leaving the factory that's a product I've been waiting for? If we think about all of our supply chain concerns that are happening right now, text message could be a great way if somebody has opted in because everything that I have read indicates that there are some compliance rules that you need to be following if you're going to be doing SMS. So it is not the same on a compliance perspective as marketing. So People have to opt in. So there's probably a whole acquisition strategy we need to talk about uh, on how do you get people to opt in. But if, in fact, they've, you can get them to opt in for delivery information, I would think that some people may be interested in that. Not all. You know, I, I can think about buyers in a, a B2B setting. Is a buyer going to want to receive every text message that they get from every different company that they're buying from? Probably not. They're probably not even the person that needs to know that information. So you have to think about relevancy, who your target audience is, and it's not going to be at the same amount or frequency that you email. So SMS should be used uh, with less frequency, but much higher relevance. So those are some of the use cases that I think people have to think through related to their business. And I think it's going to vary depending on the products that you produce or the type of company or service you deliver. So amazing. By the way, you know, first of all, thank you so much for covering Ben because Ben was going to be here and he is typically the data guy. And by the way, he is going to be in the in the listeners. Uh, he must be listening in right now. So he must be really enjoying those facts. So thank you so much for that. Now, quick check here. You know, you said that 20% is the open rate for email. Uh, you know, I don't know where that 20% rate is, to be honest. I mean, if it is going to be for something like our emails, meaning, you know, you are trying to sell ERP, this is how the open rate goes. Okay, ERP email, go, boom, delete. Okay, it's going to be 0.01% yeah. <laughs> open rate probably. Yeah. It's really to say that you have a very captive audience on SMS, right? Because people open their text message more than they open uh, the email. So, you know, one in five, if you if you think about it that way, you may be getting something less than that. You may be getting something more than that, depending. But that's just an average that you can find out. I completely agree. In fact, I mean, see, I like text a lot, to be honest, because it's not as disruptive. For example... Chris, you are a salesperson. You know that you are always probably going to be in the meeting and your salespeople are always going to be texting you and you don't mind those texts at all because it does not keep your attention. It's going to be quick notes. You know, people are super short on text. They can't go really long. They don't have a choice to do that. <laughs> so it's really easy to, to scan. 
And by the way, I really like your example about the flight notifications that you are getting. And in the e-commerce space, I have seen, and by the way, big shout out to FedEx and UPS, to be honest, okay? When I receive the text messages from them, when I am actually going to miss that delivery truck, that's a lifesaver, okay? I always miss that. I don't want to drive 10 miles just to pick my... I definitely want to get it because that's going to be a waste of an hour, to be honest. Now, that is the e-commerce scenario. I think Amazon is doing that. And I am shocked that other e-commerce companies and the platforms, they don't, they are not really utilizing for the order status. And I am going back to your point in the last panel, Chris. I think you had some points about when you think of email, there are two sort of emails that you can think of. Number one is going to be slightly more transactional email. In case of transactional email, you already sort of have the permission because, you know, they have bought your product. So you have right to communicate with them, <laughs> right? So you can you can actually send out. So I don't know if companies are really utilizing the order status SMS for the communication, but that can be used for the crosser as well because you can utilize the link. So uh, have you seen any 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 scenarios in the space at all by any chance for the transactional uh, SMS? I Again, I have not, but... I think that's only because in my space, there's so much, there's so many other things to work on. You know, that uh, B2B e-commerce is really still foundational and SMS is, it seems to be an advanced strategy. I hate to say that. It just seems to be where we are today. But it doesn't have to be an advanced strategy because, again, to Dave's point earlier, there are a lot of great companies out there that have integrations that will make this easy. They have SMS text messages for welcoming and onboarding. They have notifications for product deliveries. They have fun type marketing if you're doing, you're dropping a new product, right? So they've done, they've taken out a lot of the challenge that I would say that's when you think about advanced strategies, usually it's just in com- coming up with the ideas. Well, these companies have done it and have done it for so many different spaces, particularly in retail that they now have all the experience and can help these uh, other companies, particularly on the B2B side, get started, get started quickly. And it seems, again, based on the data in my research, can really have an impact to your conversion rates. You know, there are post-purchase email, uh, SMS, excuse me, there are abandoned cart uh, SMS that you can do. So these are all use cases, right? We, we historically think of email for these things, but there are, uh, you can be using SMS this way as well. So, you know, we need to think about all those different marketing channels, uh, not just the, the sales channels. Okay, amazing insights there. So, Dave, I'm actually going to open up the, the second segment. Obviously, you can agree or disagree, or if you have any commentary based on whatever we have discussed so far, uh, you can offer that. But the point that I am trying going to make right now if you look at some of the other marketing automation tool or the sales enablement tool, for example, I mean, we use Yesware. In case of Yesware, when you do the multi-touch campaign, and that's the marketing workflow in my mind. So you are going to have an option for call. You are going to have an option for email. You are also going to have option for text. Now, when you are communicating these with these people, I'm not sure uh, if they need to opt in because I don't know if everybody sort of, you know, follows when they are doing the cold outreach in case of email as well uh, at least in the u.s you can send out an email and you know as long as you have the opt out 
link you you should be able to send you can't do that in canada because of castle but in the us there is no problem at all now uh, you know typically the text workflow is included as part of that multi touch campaign so i don't know if you have seen similar uh, you know concepts let's say in hubspot uh, obviously hubspot is a very advanced tool and i can see a lot of scenarios in incorporating the text as the reminder so even if you are not sending the detailed description about something over text but you can reinforce that that hey i sent out an email did you receive that that could be a great reinforcement from the marketing perspective have you seen any similar scenario in case of marketing automation yeah as, especially as you look at building into your marketing ecosystem right so there's workflows there's campaigns there's choose your own adventure marketing right where yeah. people are going in and you're letting them interact and connect with you I and mean, you can have an incredibly engaging super fast sequence if you do it via sms because just just as chris said yeah. with a 90 plus percent open rate and within three minutes you can usually interact if you're smart about it right if you send them a boring or a spammy sms it's going to get deleted and you're probably going to get blocked or they're going to reply stop and then you can't engage with them but if you do it right and if you give them little snippets and if you have a little bit more fun with it and you don't try to bury them i mean the obvious limitations of traditional sms is that there's not that many characters that you have yeah. so you shouldn't be sending books. <laughs> you can send links to PDF downloads of books, but you, know, you shouldn't be sending massive amounts of information. It just needs to be very tactical and very connected. So your shipment has arrived or you're at the next stage or we noticed that you haven't viewed our contract yet or whatever that is, right? So it's important to build that in. And if you do it right, you can build it into a series of if-then statements and workflow this so that at the right level, you can give people more of what they need at exactly the right time. And that's the key. Exactly the right time is when you should be asking if you want to use SMS or not. Email, it's going to take you a while for people to open it. So if you if it's time-based, if there's a if there's a problem, if Sam's worried about a porch pirate coming after his Amazon shipment, he wants that text so that he can run on over and grab it off his porch before somebody else does, right? And same thing, if you're getting some sort of an order or if you need someone to give you feedback on a business order that they've made or if they need to approve something, having the ability to deliver a quick SMS saying, hey, wanted to make sure that you saw this, and then tie into some of the cheaper versions of marketing, such as email, to, to back up that content or get them to landing pages can be incredibly useful. But you have to think of it from a systems perspective. SMS is very much a scalpel in a world of sledgehammers, yeah. where you want to be very careful and just get right to the point and give them what they want, when they want it. This isn't a spot to send out forms or to send out contact information or to send out anything, frankly, that has any security inherent problem at all. You can't send out passwords. Yeah. You can do links to password resets, but anything that is sharing any sensitive customer information, you don't want to send over SMS because the encryption is just not there. So this is... Something you could almost think of this as like 
bullhorns on the corner <clears throat> where people are out and they're like, hey, order up number 12. Come and come on down. You know, you're not going to say, hey, you've got a colonoscopy on, on aisle 12. Right. It's, it's not that thing. Right. So don't share any personal information. Finally, inside of that, and as we talk about how to get this into a process. Yeah. It's important for e-commerce and in particular manufacturing e-commerce to look at companies and places and industries that are already doing it well. Yeah. And then take some of that learning over. Retail is killing this. You know, you're seeing a ton messages. So you can go to your favorite restaurant and you can get monthly or weekly deals. Yeah. Uh, there are some places where you can get joke of the day if you want to. I don't know why you would. And maybe that's just because I'm, I'm a little bit too white haired on my beard. To, to fully appreciate getting an SMS at that, at that frequency. But if you look at what some companies are doing, especially in the retail space, and if you can take a way to make that on the marketing side, engage with your audience at a level that respects them, you're going to see some real big wins. And again, it's more important when you need to get presence and frequency in line with what people are expecting. If you need an, if you need an answer now, if you need to notify someone now, SMS is a fantastic. Yeah, so it's very interesting that you are emphasizing the word now. I think there is something to it that, you know, uh, companies need to be thinking about. So now let's compare this with email. I mean, when we look at the email, obviously email is a powerful tool. There is no question. Uh, but recently, I don't know how much you have been tracking the whole, uh, you know, the cloud migration of the way these tools are being migrated now. What Microsoft and Gmail they can do is they can have far more central insight to monitor which are the domains that are going to have far more tendency to spam. Uh, and I don't know whether you guys have noticed this in your space or not, but now your emails are actually being landed in far more spam, especially if you are doing any sort of mass email campaign, just because these algorithms are becoming far more intelligent. And sometimes it's becoming very hard these days to communicate using email because nobody sees them. They actually land in, uh, in your junk email, right? So SMS could be a great strategy. But at the same time, I think you did mention that, you know what, uh, you could have the same issue in case of uh, the text as well because you can report anybody as the spam. And if you do that, then you are going to be flagged as the spam. Uh, you could do that in case of your calls as well that you are probably going to be notified. Now, when we look at the links, okay, you mentioned the link. Now, we know how tricky the links are these days. <laughs> you know, if you are going to get the links, then what is going to happen is they can take you to anywhere. Uh, you could have the phishing site. So I'm not sure if I will feel comfortable getting the links. But one thing that I have seen very successfully in case of SMS is going to be the promo code. Okay. If you send out really good promo code and then you are going to ask them to, again, don't send the, the link for the website, to be honest. They should be able to go. I mean, most people can probably Google these days. <laughs> you know, hopefully they can. You know, just give them the promo code and that could be the effective strategy. So they, what would you say to this? I mean, in terms of security, in terms of email versus SMS and the links uh, issue that we have in the SMS. We're getting some really interesting commentary from Anders online. So um, he, he's talking about responsibility inside of SMS. Yeah. And uh, that that's fascinating. So, you know, don't don't send massive amounts of information and make sure that maybe you're you're locking back and only sending out to active customers in the last few months. And uh, then he, he did ask, and I know that this is absolutely in your wheelhouse, Sam, how many ERP or e-commerce systems are we seeing where SMS is built in? I know 
as far as e-commerce, you know, Shopify has SMS built in and there's lots of plugins for a lot of different tools. But are any of your favorite ERPs actually plugging into SMS as a, as a feature that's built? I mean, to be honest, if you're talking about the real ERP, ERP, mm-hmm. most people get confused when they talk about the ERP. But mm-hmm. if you are talking about financial system, you'll be lucky if you can get the email integration. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's not get to the SMS. because. At the end of the day, I mean, ERPs are designed for slightly more internal purposes. Uh, they are supposed to have far more security, and they are supposed to be mm-hmm. secure than opening up for these channels such as SMS, where you could have real security loopholes uh, in your financial system. Uh, you know, companies think twice before they open up their financial systems for these channels. But again, if you are talking about just, you know, e-commerce ERP, which is not really an ERP, but people are calling it an ERP because that can do a lot of things from the customer-facing perspective, you know, those are different ERPs. But if you are talking about real ERP, you'll be lucky if you can get email integration. Right. Uh, and then to, to back all the way up, Sam, uh, you you had asked about how, how things can connect and, and some of the security concerns on links. It's really important if you do link back to a website that you go back to core domain. Don't try to get cutesy and have a landing page that's, you know, if if it's BusyWeb, I don't want to send it to, you know, 809132.busyweb.au.ek.xyz, right. you know, because that feels like spam. That feels like maybe phishing. If it goes to your .com and you're clear in it and it's a secure page, and you do everything possible to ingrain trust, and you don't try to get too fancy with it, I think it can be successful. But it's, it, it's tough because you're probably going off of a integration partner, and that partner might have a subdomain, and that might be an extra hoop that's either going to panic your recipient or might outright flag you as a potential spam. And that's one of the things that I absolutely love about my Google Voice, for example, is that it automatically flags likely spammers in in or likely scam or um, tele tele telemarketer. So I just know to ignore all of them. If you use it wrong, you're going to get flagged at those ISPs, and it's not going to get delivered. So very interesting commentary, and uh, you know one of the comment that I am going to make related to these links, and I am going to be touching mm-hmm. a lot more, and we have. Dan Rich in the audience, and I'm pretty sure he is probably going to have some comments there. Uh, I would love to hear from him, him. But when you look at the links now, when we look at the education level of cybersecurity, to be honest, I mean, we are not there yet in understanding how cybersecurity works. So, for example, the example that you gave, people sort of can figure out that if you are going to have 191.81, you know, .au, typically the phishing emails and the campaigns are going to be far smarter and sharper. And they are designed for people who just don't have as much cybersecurity education. So here is how the phishing email is going to go. Okay. So let's say you mentioned BusyWeb. And by the way, I have received these emails. And sometimes I get confused as well, to be honest. Uh, even though I have such a strong technical background and I sort of can figure these things out. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes it's just very confusing when you are getting an email from, I don't know, maybe a company like FedEx. Uh, okay, you get an email from that from VP of marketing, then I'm like, is it real? Is it not real? So in this particular case, when you look at links, now, uh, you know, they are going to do, when you say busy web, they are going to do bi.com. 
ZZY, web, dot is sort of visible, especially on SMS. I think uh-huh. it's going to be really tricky to see. Okay, so they're really, really, really smart the way they play. Okay, and you click and it's going to take you to a site where it's going to ask for some sort of personal information. You are probably going to enter that in the hope of getting that $10 that they are trying to offer. But it could be very tricky, to be honest, because you can actually give away a lot of personal information. So I don't know. What would you say to that, uh, Dave? Do you have any follow-up comments there in terms of usage of link inside the SMS? I think for sure it's it's important to to watch the format. It's it's as important to educate your intended audience and to say, you know, this is what an authorized message from us is going to look like. And it's all part of the permission-based connection. When someone signs up for an SMS a notification service, you should be giving them those kinds of things saying, here's what our messages are going to look like. You should have screenshots of what an SMS looks like, and you should tell them what you're going to deliver. We're going to send you weekly deals and offers. Um, they might go to our third party connection or to our third party partners. And that's what this, and here's what this is going to look like, right? So if you don't do that, and if you just hand it off to somebody and, uh, you know, just hand it to the guy on the street corner, essentially, that is going to do something with your messaging that looks fishy, uh, P-H-I-S-H-Y, right? Um, it's, it's going to be dangerous. And in, in the other way, even when you have, or if, if you have a business name that is easy to misspell, like, with me, I'd have to be careful with B-U-S-Y web because that's how everybody tends yeah. to spell it the first time anyway. Um, but people might do something like, you know, building, building something backwards or, you know, for Elevate IQ, they might do Elevate, Elevate TQI, right? Or I've seen some, and I don't even know how this works. So you're going to have to school me on this, Sam, but sometimes they'll insert Greek characters. Yeah. So if it was, and in Elevate IQ, you have an A in there. So E-L-E-V-A, if they do alpha instead of A, yeah, you wouldn't know, especially if you're on a four-inch screen, that that's the wrong address. So it's super, super scary. And I, like every time I visit with my parents, I take, them, I take them and I go through their messages and I say, this one's not, this one's not, this one's not, you know, don't answer this one. And thank God, they'll at least call me without clicking on things now. But it's so dangerous for everybody, you know, not even if you're if you're Sam and and Chris and Dave who have pretty good BS detectors or spam detectors. Right. Um, but if you're the average user, you have to be careful and protect your business by being very clear in the communications that you send out. You know, here's what it's going to look like. Here's what you're going to get from us and having a very clear communications policy and having that spelled out very clearly on your website. You know, if you're if you're concerned about this, here's how to get a hold of us for real, because that's going to be the next question. Yeah. So one comment related to Elevate IQ, I am actually giving my, uh, you know, phishing folks uh, and the spammers a real opportunity to spell Elevate IQ as Elevate IQ, because we don't have an E in the spelling. So they mm-hmm. can literally fish the customers by saying, OK, E-L-E-V-A-T-E mm-hmm. and then IQ. So it could get tricky. Trust me, like just one character, anybody couldn't miss it. Uh, I'm going to buy that domain, Sam, and I'm just going to have it go to me. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy elevator IQ with an E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I am going to pay real attention because now you know my secrets are out on this forum. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Dave. Okay, so I'm actually gonna come to you. So okay, so based on whatever you have heard so far, and the way I think of your platform, I mean, you are not uh, just a very light e-commerce platform, to be honest. I mean, you are very, you know, ERP-like platform because. You know, you have far more intelligence built as part of the platform. You have far deeper workflows uh, overall from the way the product data is. And in case of when you talk about these um, manufacturing customers for them, sometimes the bomb and recipe, that could be a secret sauce. For them, if they lose a deal, it's not a big deal. Okay. <laughs> but if they lose their recipe, <laughs> that's a big deal. Absolutely. That's a big deal. Yeah. So would you feel comfortable? I mean, I am talking about the SMS capability question that I think Anders asked, right? So would you feel comfortable having the SMS workflow as part of your as part of your platform? What do you say to that? Yeah, you know, so here's the difference, the way I look at things. We integrate to an ERP. So we're a SaaS software that integrates to ERP systems. ERP systems, in my mind, are designed for the back office. They're heavily, they need heavily, uh, they, you have to be trained to use them. Most people don't even know all the functionality. Yeah. Our solution is designed to be customer facing, which is what you want your e-commerce solution to be, any e-commerce software. So it, with that respect, yes, I think there's absolutely use cases for SMS. Uh, and it goes back to some of the, the things that we talked about earlier, notification of products. You know, in our in our software, we have warranty claims and warranty management. So yeah. imagine if your warranty claim has been approved. That might be I might sign up for SMS and opt in if I'm regularly. Maybe I have a fleet of things and I have to file warranty claims. And that would be important information for me to know. So if you think about customer experience, I absolutely think there are a lot of use cases. So I say, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a technology that we should all be thinking about and kind of go through that pattern of what type of information would be so relevant that somebody would want it at their fingertips now that could help them. Because I, I like how Dave put the now in there. I think that's really important. Um, one thing, because you guys were talking about security, I really got the sense in my research that there is some compliance there are some compliance standards that uh, companies have to make sure that they're enforcing. So I don't want to gloss over that. I, uh, the way I understand it is you need to update your policy, uh, your, your, your terms of your policy in terms of service um, when you're asking people to opt in for SMS. And then there's also some messaging that you want to be sending uh, and you need to make sure that you have a way in which they can unsubscribe. So if they want to, stop or end or unsubscribe, you have to unsubscribe them. So there are some, I, I just want to make sure we didn't gloss over this. I think there are some compliance questions you should ask of any company that you're working with to make sure that they are in fact compliant. But again, I don't see these as obstacles. I think you just put the practice in place. And once those things are in place, we look for these real opportunities to be delivering 
a personalized customer experience right to my cell phone. And my cell phone frequently isn't more than six feet away from me. I guess that's the average for everyone, right? So it's within reach and people are looking at it. And and I think, Sam, we're going to find a lot of use, use cases for that. Yeah, so very interesting perspective. And by the way, thank you so much for bringing that insight about the compliance, because now that I think about the telecom companies, and obviously when you yes. look at the telecom companies, they want to sell text far more. And that's why they are making sure that you are utilizing text far more than email for everything they are using. And by the way, I mean, see, if you look at their workflow, to be honest, it looks slick, okay? They have a, a way to enforce the compliance, meaning uh, you can easily opt in if you like. You can easily opt out. The only thing you really need to do is stop. You don't have to worry about the the email complications where you are clicking the link, but click the link is not really going to the unsubscribe link. And even if you are actually unsubscribed completely, you are still receiving an email because the link did not work. And then you are emailing back and forth. It, it gets crazy in in the email world. But in case of SMS, you know they have far superior workflow built up as part of the telecom system that you don't have to sort of do anything else to enable that. Now, we are going to do the walkthrough of the feature that you mentioned related to warranty claims. So in case of warranty claims, uh, obviously, you require the customer information. Let's say in your world, you are going to have layers and layers of your customers. You are going to have probably buying groups, the associations. I don't know if they exist in your industry or not. But you are going to have service providers that might be providing the service. Sometimes the, the customers might be buying from the dealer. Sometimes they might be buying from the service providers. So it's all over the place. But manufacturer might be providing the warranty. So now when you are going to do the warranty registration flow, obviously you require a lot of information related to the product, the person they bought, the channel they bought. You know, that's a very competitive information. Now, if you are going to send a link in case of your SMS and you are asking them to enter all of this information, but that could be a phishing SMS. I don't know. And that goes to your competitor. They are going to fill all of the information and then they are going to complain that, you know, I filed this claim I did not receive because Gen Alpha is bad, you know, and they are probably going to write negative reviews. So how no, do you no. feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I, I would not expect that through SMS you're going to be collecting a lot of data. I think it goes back to pushing the data, like Dave said earlier, where in a, in a scenario where I know, I know the user back in the commerce environment, I'm going to collect this data. I'm going to legitimately know that this person owns this product that is registered to them and they have a login. What I'm thinking of the use case is now I've filed my warranty claim and I am waiting for a status update. You know, because warranty claims in a B2B environment, these are a process. And those status updates could be the points in which uh, your st- your warranty claim was denied, need more information. I would want to know that. And maybe I would want that at my in, uh, in an SMS. Now I go back in and maybe the link is just to log me in to see, oh, here's what I was missing as part of that information. But I'm not doing that thing through SMS. Same thing. Your warranty claim has been approved. Um, And again, it's a link to the to see the status online. And now I'm getting that additional information on when it's going to be refunded to me, how it's going to be refunded, whatever it is that we have engaged with that manufacturer. 
Okay, very interesting. So we are going to do one more scenario uh, related to the SMS. And one of the things in the SMS space is that you have access to caller ID. You have a lot more control overall from the caller ID perspective. Now there are pros and cons to it, okay? So the pros are going to be that what you could do is as opposed to saying, uh, you know, I don't know, 917-666, you know, 75, whatever. Uh, you could say Elevate IQ or BusyWeb or Gen Alpha that, you know, I am trying to send the message and, and you have that trust and the reliability that the message is actually coming from these credible companies that are doing really credible business. But mm -hmm. at the same time, nowadays, I don't know how many spam calls you guys receive. I receive probably two a day. To be honest, I don't know whether I'm popular or somebody is trying to share my number. I don't know, but I do receive two or maybe more. Uh, you know, spam a day. And sometimes, yes, when you look at these spam calls, they are coming as the CRA or IRS service or IRS. And sometimes that could be alarming, right? I mean, obviously, I, I don't know whether you guys have been following or not. Uh, you know, some companies are really trying to scam people, you know, based on these spam calls, uh, as well as these spam text. So what would you say to this? Let's say you have advantage from the caller ID perspective. When you are going to be developing this feature, would you utilize caller ID? Would you not utilize caller ID? What would be your recommendation uh, based on caller ID? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of experience in this, so I don't want to talk outside of my expertise. But I would say that if I were sending the SMS to a user, I would probably make sure that the first thing that comes up is the name of our the brand, right? And Agreed. then some information valuable to them. Now, the way I think of caller ID is when it's coming into me, right? So, and then, you know, channeling things to different departments or however you might be utilizing. So I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure the exact way in which I would use uh, caller ID to send valuable customer experience type things. I don't know, Dave, you got a comment on that? Well, I, I think it's important and there, there's a, a really good historical precedent in email marketing, where the who it's coming from actually applies really well to open rate. So if, for example, something comes from Dave Meyer at BusyWeb, it's probably a little bit more likely to be opened than if it said, you know, newsletters, at right. Google, right? And if I don't have my name in it at all, if it just has random digits, I'm probably less likely to open it and I'm much less likely to trust it. So I do think that especially if a company is sending out updates, that they should, wherever possible, get the caller ID, that little bit of information to be at least identifying the company and maybe even the intent. So if you're sending, for example, and let's let's go back to an easy one that everybody's probably familiar with, offers or coupons yeah. that they may have received over SMS from their favorite retailer or their favorite restaurant, for example. Um, if I'm looking at daily deals from my favorite restaurant, if I get that and if I see that in my, SM, in, in my SMS list, I'm probably more likely to open it. So giving people the context to know if they should give you the extra half of a second it's going to take to swipe that puppy open is going to be very helpful. If it's a support message, you want to make sure that you're identifying it as a support message. And this is where if, you, if you're working with an SMS supplier, that doesn't give you the ability to be very linear with those messages and change it up by intent. 
you're probably going to see lower opens than you would if you were just kind of general. So if it was all, you know, gen alpha across the board, you're less likely to get something than if it's support at or, you know, orders or whatever that is or deals. Right. So giving that little extra bit, I mean, you don't have much to play with in SMS. And if you're lucky, you'll get a little bit of a preview text of what that SMS is, which is another thing to consider inside of what you build. Don't put a, a bunch of junk on top of that SMS because usually in the preview pane on those SMS messages on your phone, you can see like the first 15, 16 characters, yep. or maybe, maybe even a, a couple of sentences worth of that note, right? So make sure that you're paying attention to that and it's more important than ever to make sure you cut right to the point and say, you know, there's a service issue or delivery coming your way or special dealer offer or whatever. Yeah. And I have to say, I'm thinking of some really good examples of things that I do like text message for. These might say some things about me, but Domino's, excellent uh, SMS text messages, status deliveries on what's happening. I love it. It's relevant. Mm -hmm. It's right you know, it's kind of giving me the process of when it's coming DoorDash. I think about some of what they do, you know, and these are things where I am truly ordering over online and then I'm getting some uh, communication back to me and it feels very personalized and it, it kind of covers many of the things that we've talked about here. Now, I can say that, you know, I bought a big tractor from uh, John Deere. And I wish that John Deere would. So I've thought about the scenario as I've been thinking about SMS. I wish they would have done something on my tractor when it arrived. So in the form of packaging yeah. where mm -hmm. it says text uh, tractor to 14242, you know, and to, to opt in. Because in my tractor holder, I cannot put any beverage there that's going to stay without bouncing around, leaking on me. Yeah. So my guess is there is a perfect fit mug that fits my tractor, but, and they could probably upsell me or cross sell me on recommending this if I had opted in and they know what I just purchased and now they can suggest something to me. So there's all, I think this is where we get to be really creative. Yep. And th that's what the way we should think about SMS is, it's a way to really get creative and target your audience. So, okay, amazing. Could not agree more. I think it's underutilized. Uh, you know, companies can do a lot more uh, with the SMSs and, and the text. So, on that note, I think the only thing we can take right now is going to be closing advice. Uh, so, Dave, I'm going to start with you for your closing advice, please. My advice is to make sure that you're using SMS as a laser guided tool to connect with people exactly when. They need to see something and you need to make sure that they open it. Email is one thing. SMS is a much more powerful tool. And when used incorrectly, you're going to upset your customer at a much higher rate. So use it carefully and responsibly. Could not agree more. Thank you so much, Dave, for that. Chris, what would be your closing advice, please? Less is more. Is this worthy of a text? That's If I were really getting strategic about text messaging, I would make sure I'm answering that question. So uh, definitely less is more. It's not the same marketing tool that we have in other areas of our business. And by the way, the text is supposed to be less is more. It's designed for that. So you can be really creative on that. Uh, so on that note, 
Guys, if you join for the first time, this was part of our e-commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. And we pick one topic related to e-commerce. We always have a very exciting panel that is willing to share their insights and wisdom. So make sure you are not going to miss next week's show. We are going to be here. On that note, I want to thank both of you for your time and insights. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye, everyone. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Dave Meyer, head over to busyweb.com. It's B-I-Z-Z-Y-W-E-B.com. If you want to learn more about Chris Harrington, head over to janalpha.com. It's G-E-N-A-L-P-H-A.com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Ken Novak, who shares his insights on enabling self-funded operational plan for industrial manufacturers' digital journey. Also, the interview with Ben CRC, who shares his insights into the importance of customer advocacy and mass customer mobilization. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.